Hanukkah. 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 You're listening to Hanukkah Podcast, highlighting citizen Potawatomi Nation issues, members, and more. Paige Willett and Adesh Nakas, Borewadme Ndao. I'm your host, Paige Willett, CPN tribal member and employee. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate us. This year's Family Reunion Festival at the end of June brought activities back in person since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. And it was hot. With highs near 100 degrees, one of the best attractions was CPN's new splash pad, and the kids loved it. Many of the indoor activities, including language bingo, brought many visitors inside the South Reunion Hall for their chance to win and cool off before heading back outside. However, one of the major attractions for the weekend was the craft classes held in the Cultural Heritage Center. Tribal members gathered around tables to learn how to make hand drums, moccasins, sew applique, fashion cornhusk dolls, do loom beading, fashion beaded bandoliers, and so much more. They talked and shared their stories with each other as they worked on projects together and gained new skills. As a tribal member and Tupin and Wilmette family descendant, I even met some cousins I never had before. But that's bound to happen at Family Reunion Festival. It's good to meet you, though. Oh. I do our cousins page. How awesome. Yes. Many people use the classes to work on their regalia, with some trying to finish projects in time for grand entry Saturday night. That makes them popular with tribal members learning to applique or how to fringe. Hi, I'm Gayla Mosteller, and I am the teacher for the applique and shawl making class. I've been doing this for many years. really love the process uh, and I love that we're teaching a dying art. Uh, have a lot of people that come in that are non-sewers and have people that have never even picked up a needle that is learning the, shawl, the uh, fringe class and so uh, have all levels and just really enjoy watching them grow as they create their regalia. I love sewing because it's an art Um, and it's relaxing to me. My girls, when I was, you know, raising my girls, if I'd get frustrated or whatever, they just, mother, go to your sewing room. So it's relaxing to me. It's creative. Uh, My artistic side of it comes out and watching other people get creative opens up some new ideas for me color combinations and you know things like that are just amazing what you know other people's eyes are seeing in fact there's a lady over here that's got the color combination of a blue and coral which is like oh my gosh I love those colors together which I probably would not have thought about that you know in art class, you're thinking using the opposite of the color chart or blending with the color chart. This is wide open. You know, be creative. 
And then we have, you know, the little four-year-old here learning French for the first time. She's got a little regalia dress that she was telling me about. And so we blended her uh, shawl color with her dress. And so she's learning to do the fringing today. Throughout the day, it attracted some of the oldest and youngest attendees of the event. Eleanor Selkie is four and a half and came with her parents, Amanda Robinson and Hank Selkie from Austin, Texas, to attend the Family Reunion Festival for the first time. Uh, we're working on a, like, a shop. A shop. I'm going to use it for the powwow. For the dance. Mm-hmm. So, my shop, I made yellow and blue. This is the first time she's. This is the first time we come here. Has she wanted to make a shawl? <laughs> so we picked we picked this one, and she needed one for the for the dance. Others in the class have been sewing for decades, including Dolores Peltier, who began crafting her skills about 80 years ago. She was married to Nev Peltier before he walked on, and while she is not a tribal member, she has been crafting regalia for her family for most of her life. During class, she worked on a shawl as well. Well, it's for my uh, daughter. She picked it out. <laughs> it's taken me three years to make it. <laughs> They're all playing pool and everything else. And it's just too hot for me to be out. I'm 97. Ever since I was a little girl, my mother and, and grandmother both sewed. So my mother was a seamstress. Well, I'm from Iowa, but I live in Stroud, Oklahoma. Yeah, I made my granddaughter a shawl, too. Finally getting it done. I'll have the fringe. I'll have all winter to put the fringe on. <laughs> it's too hot right now. While women comprised the majority of attendees, some men showed up to work on their regalia. Michael Dockery had some basic skills before attending, but wanted to learn about the meaning of some of the patterns. I've been wanting to learn how to do applique for a while. I started last year or the year before making ribbon shirts for myself and my family. And I saw the ad for, or the announcement for applique and wanted to see how to do that because I've seen some really beautiful stuff and I'd like to add that sort of to my ribbon shirts. I learned sort of how to prepare the applique and I'm, I'm at the point where I'm going to sew it onto the fabric. Um, I think I'm making a drumstick bag. Um, with the applique on it uh, before I get to vests and things like that in the ribbon shirts. So yeah, I'm cut it out, trace the pattern. One thing I thought was really cool was seeing the names of the patterns and what they represent because I don't know that. And so um, there was a, an oak leaf pattern, which after reading and seeing what that is, I understand I do forestry, right? Um, that's cool, uh, a wild rice and water lily. Uh, there's a violet. So beautiful stuff, and it's stylized enough that I now I can see it, but I couldn't see it without somebody telling me what it is. So that's really cool, too, learning what the patterns actually represent. I did the water lily wild rice. I, I, yeah, I work on a big wild rice project in, the, in Minnesota, Wisconsin, so that was the one I needed to do. I learned a lot from Gayla, and I learned a lot from some of the other women in the class because they're, they're good sewers, and they're giving me some techniques. Throughout the class, there were many reminders of how personal regalia is to each individual, such as for Haas family descendant Melissa Ellis, who was working on a shawl for grand entry that included bear motifs. I'm trying to represent me, 
It's like I'm a mama bear. So I'm always on, I'm just riding everybody. <laughs> and for Kathleen Korzenewski, whose husband and children are Lewis family descendants, she was creating applique for a shawl for her daughter while remembering her son, Ross. And he's the one that really got our family um, to, you know, search more what our, the background um, that his grandmother would talk a little bit about. So, so he, he was the one that started our family on learning more about it. And so he did the PLP and he um, enjoyed it so much. He came home in August and was telling us what he was doing. He worked in the aviary and just different things about what his experience was. Unfortunately, he passed away of a cardiac arrhythmia in November of that same year. So we came back in 2016 to you know, see what he experienced here. Um, that was his second time being in, um, in Shawnee when he did the PLP. So we saw pictures, but we never saw you know, it in person. So we came in 2016 and we did the aviary tour and um, we were asked to stay after the, the tour and Jennifer pulled out a letter that he had written when he came back in August and asking for specific feathers that when he was there sorting, he wanted um, one for his dad, one for his grandma, and one for his sister. So they presented those just with the ceremony. And so it was incredibly emotional and um, just a, an incredible opportunity to share what he had with them um, when he was working here and for them to share that with us. So we got to go to the aviary this morning and visit them again. So, Stepping away from the sewing room, other classes carried on throughout the morning and afternoon, including drum making. Drums are one of the great Potawatomi cultural objects that can connect someone to their identity through song, language, singing, and learning music together as a group. The word for drum in Potawatomi is dewegan, meaning the thing that sounds like a heartbeat. Many times, it's called the heartbeat of the nation. The drum class attracted many eager visitors. Three generations of the Tessier family filled a table to learn how to craft one from Hyde. Sarah Ann Dalton, the youngest who lives in Oklahoma, as well as her mother, Suzanne Thomas, and grandmother, Claren Franzak, who traveled from California. Well, we're making holes. <laughs> holes in Hyde. Holes in Hyde. And it's kind of hard. It's harder than I thought. But this and the skin feels different than I thought. And I'm just trying to make the holes and then to string them through. I have made, um, you know, moccasins and such before, but I've never worked with um, hide that this thick and uh, wet. And um, making a drum is difficult. More, it's more difficult than I thought. How did you do that? I folded it in half, and then I get the, 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 this part of the scissor is what cuts it. So way down deep in there, like that, and then I just went back and forth. And then I stick my finger through it and see what I got. 
and then I'll do it again. We went to the drums yesterday, and I watched my daughter perform, and then so we decided to make one. When I first moved here, I was invited to drum group um, by some friends, and I love it, and I don't have my own drum. So um, I wanted to stop borrowing a drum and uh, bring my own drum for once. One, two, three, four, five. A little too close, a little further away. Okay. Like a clock. Remember your 12 o'clock, your 3 o'clock, and your 9 o'clock. Moccasins are another essential part of regalia, and tribal members learned how to stitch the puckertoe style. Many made their first pair during a class, including Tara Gwynn and her husband, Tim. I would say I'm more of making a mess, but it's been a good time. So, my creative skills are about on par with a brick. So, with that being said, I have a, uh, a whole civilization, see? That works. A lot of things that can be built, but uh, it definitely takes the architecture, the pattern, and the, uh, the know-how. So, good times. This is my first pair of moccasins. This is my first pair as well. Uh, it's different, and, but learning a lot of different techniques, and I like how we're being able to individualize each of them with different stitches, and some of us are freestyling it, like my husband. So, but it, it's been good, and the, the teachers have been very helpful and informative. Creative liberties. Shipshiwano descendant Miranda Bradford also worked on moccasins for her three-year-old son on their first festival trip. So I'm learning how to make mocks so I can make him some little baby mocks. His name's Fox. <laughs> mocks for Fox. I'm very excited about it. I've been wanting to learn how to do this for a really long time, so it's awesome to have the opportunity and the helpful eyes and just a hand on her shoulder being like, are you sure you're doing that? You need some help here, bud? <laughs> it's called the baseball stitch. I just learned it today. It's so much fun, and it makes such a pretty, like, braided design on the inside. I am very excited to use it in whatever I choose to do. I'm puckering it up as much as I can. <laughs> This is like the third time I've taken them apart and put them back together, so... I just wanted to be perfect. <laughs> Bradford's dad, William Wano, traveled from Kansas City, Missouri for the weekend. While she worked on her son's footwear, he popped around the corner to show her the finished product of the bandolier class he was taking. <gasps> I love it. I know, right? So we're making bandoliers over there. And they're helping us out a lot and teaching us how to do this. And as you can see, they're good teachers over there. That's what we've been doing. So it's just a wonderful time here at our family festival there. And we're just, we're just, we just love it. This is a bandolier with the, the longer bone replicas and, and the shells on the end. And I used yellow and blue. But then my wife, she said she liked the silver. So... In the middle of me making these, I had to run over to the gift store and get us some silver beads. She wanted to accent hers with silver beads. So, yeah, it just runs all the way across and hangs down at the mid-hip. They give you kits over there. 
So, you know, this is what they gave me, and I think it worked out really well. Every time, I, every year I come here, I get a new ribbon shirt. I have white and blue and black and red ribbon shirts that I've accumulated over the years, so I'm sure this will match with something. I'm very proud of it, though. The interesting story is what we did right before this. So my wife and I, because of the festival, what we did was we went up to uh, Goshen, Indiana, and Mackinac Island, and uh, that's Shipshawana was what this name's after, and that's the, the chief that came down to Kansas, but they have a Shipshawana uh, monument there. So we see that, and then we went all the way around the, the Great Lake of Michigan to Pottawatomie State Park, and that's where we stayed, and that was where our territory was for some time. And then we came all the way back down here right now, and that's why we're here at the uh, festival here. Finished up here, it's kind of like I made an event out of it. The loom beading class provided a way for tribal members to learn a skill applicable to almost any piece of beadwork they wanted to create. Tupin and Neto family descendant Michelle Lavelle came from San Antonio and sat with her mom, Suzanne Zunker, working on their projects. This is my first festival. Um, my kids have all come previous years, but this was the first one I've been able to come to. My sister did, um, she loom beaded um, a hair clip for me a few years back. And so when I saw that this was on one of the classes, I was like, oh, I have to go do that. <laughs> I'm just trying to do like blue and white little flowers um, on, on it, so. Um, probably be like a little bracelet with little flowers on it and it'll go with my uh, my ribbon skirt <laughs> so two two birds one stone right <laughs> you just keep uh, adding to it every year you know next year I'll learn something different and add to it this has been so much fun and getting to meet everybody I have not loom beaded but I sew um, I do ribbon, the simple um, cap dress style ribbon skirts. Um, I feel like it's sort of a calling to get people properly covered in the circle. And so I do that a lot. And I've done some ribbon shirts. I don't like them as much as the skirts because <laughs> they're so much more complicated. But I, I still like doing them. And I, um, I just like to get my family in the circle. And I've added someone every year since I started. Um, I want to say this is my maybe my seventh year of really being involved in it, and so I uh, I've got uh, added a sister, two of my kids, all five grandchildren, um, a niece, a great niece, and two great nephews, and uh, I think that's about it right and now. Kids. Yeah. Well, yeah, the kids, but. <laughs> try to add someone every year and bring someone with me. Really just learning the technique more than anything. I'm, I'll probably stick it on a, as a hat band or something like that somewhere. But I just wanted to learn the technique because I've been really beat envy. <laughs> Anderson family descendant Kirsten Casey from Reno, Nevada worked beside her grandmother Rosalind Casey and tried out loom beating as part of their first experience with festival. Well, this is my first time doing loom beadwork, but I have done other beadwork before. Um, I picked the simplest pattern I thought I could make in this amount of time with two colors, and that's what I'm going for. Well, I guess it's just alternating triangles of teal and red. Um, 
very excited to be here. This is my first time uh, coming to Shawnee for the, the festival. My mother came uh, many, many years ago, 1980 or whatever, and uh, Kirsten wanted to come and try it, so we met each other here, and here we are. We've been studying the language, and uh, she's very interested in cultural uh, aspects and uh, the history, and uh, it's something that culminated in this trip. So, I always knew I was Potawatomi, but I, I felt like I should, you know, participate more, and I, I really wanted to get to know everyone and and see, you know. Where my grandma's family grew up. Yes, my my uh, relatives still live here, so it's not like uh, a foreign land to me. My mother was born here. Uh, we ha still have I ha still have many cousins here, and uh, it's it's kind of like old home week coming home, so to speak. So uh, we've been visiting, and we spent a good deal of time at the uh, museum and. We didn't even get finished yesterday. We need to go back because you can spend a whole day there easily. So it was, it's been fun. It, it's really been a lot of fun. At another beating class, Tupin family descendant Emily Rosewitz brought along her sister Catherine Schulte and nephew Timothy, who was only two months old and dressed in an adorable fry bread onesie. She considers herself an entrepreneur and owns an online crafting retail business. So I, I do crochet, I do knitting, I do a little bit of jewelry making, um, and I wanted to learn a new jewelry making skill. So we're doing flat stitch earrings today. Just along for the ride. I'm going nice and easy with a circle, <laughs> um, but we're so flat stitch earrings. So they're very small little beads, and we're stitching them onto felt in the pattern. And then I guess when we're done, we'll like trim around the edge this. Right now we're using turquoise. I think maybe we'll add some yellow later. That would be nice. We'll match his little fry bread onesie. That's what we'll do. As she and others finished their projects and the crafting classes ended, people walked away with their new pieces of art and regalia. Some wanted to go explore the cultural heritage center more or grab a bratwurst, and others just wanted to go cool off in a different way, like Eleanor. Mommy, can we go to the splash pen now? Yeah. Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? Any like no. famous last words? No. No? Just let's go to the splash pad? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on, water. <laughs> <laughs> Citizen Potawatomi Nation's Family Reunion Festival is held the last full weekend in June each summer. Keep an eye on more information for next year's event at cpn.news backslash festival. Hanukkah Podcast is produced and brought to you by Citizen Potawatomi Nation's Public Information Department. Our director is Jennifer Bell. Please share the show with your friends and family members. You can find CPN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potawatomi. Visit us on the web and find digital editions of the tribal newspaper at Potawatomi.org. That's P-O-T-A-W-A-T-O-M-I dot org. Miigwech Thank you, friends. See you later. <laughs>